Hey y'all, welcome back to Love Essie the podcast. This is episode 25. That's right, episode 25. Part of me is like, it's been 25 Mondays that you've heard me? 25 weeks? Holy shit! But it has, it has been. Anyway, so this week, uh, you may be hearing um, some music in the background, and that is not me playing music, but it is, uh, I'm recording on June 14th, and it is Puerto Rican Day Parade. Uh, I was going to say it's Puerto Rican Day Parade. Technically, there was no parade today um, because, you know, COVID-19 and all that jazz. But of course, I live in New York City and I live in the Bronx, so people are still celebrating. So there's lots of lovely music happening outside of my room. And so if you hear music in the background, that's what that is. And, you know, just like get up and dance. I don't think you'll hear it that clearly that you can do that. But if you do, I mean, just, you know, do a two step, shake your booty, whatever, you know, all that jazz. So this week, um... I was kind of like, okay, it's not going to be an Alini Singh book because I'm not doing Alpha Night yet, even though I've been rereading it because I, I'm obsessed. So I thought, what am I going to do? And I remembered that I had two Alyssa Cole novellas that were historical that I had not read. And I was like, hmm, let me go uh, take a look. And so I read both of them because they're novellas and so they're shorter and faster to read. And it is uh, Be Not Afraid and That Could Be Enough. Now, I actually read them. I read That Could Be Enough first and then Be Not Afraid. And when I got to the end of That Could Be Enough or reading through it, I realized uh, that the one of the main characters, um, Andromeda, her grandfather, who she speaks of in that book, is the main character in Be Not Afraid. So I was kind of like, oh, I wish I'd kind of known that. And But anyway, it, it didn't like impact like the reading to have read one, the, the second one technically before the first. They, they, they were still, everything was fine. So these two books, right, are historical romance novels with black characters um in case you're like i'm what is this me as black people falling in love it's written by a black author um and the times that they are set in are times that um i think often when you think sort of of what when often when you think of historical romance it's very easy to think of regency and victorian Basically, you think of England, you think of the season, the ton, is it the ton or the ton or the tone? I don't know, actually. Anyway, that three letter word, T-O-N, that's what you think of. But like, uh, you know, basically anything that happened in the past would be historical, right? 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 So Be Not Afraid is set during the American Revolution. It starts in um, August of 1776. And uh, that could be enough is post uh, the uh, revolution um, and po- Alexander Hamilton has passed away but his wife or his mm, widow that's it his widow is still alive so to give you sort of an idea of the timing of these two books so I'm going to start with I'm going to start talking about be not afraid and then I'll probably segue into that could be enough um so be not afraid right our two we have two main characters 
Um, Elijah Sutton is a slave who's fighting with the rebels because his owner has promised him freedom in for doing so for actually for fighting in the place of his owner so his owner is kind of like oh war mm, i don't know like i could go and like lose an arm or lose a leg or die mm, i don't really want to take that risk but like if you take that risk for me and you come back a lot i will not only free you but like give you some land and some horses so basically like set you up for success um and so elijah son's like bet all right cool we're gonna do this kate who we never get a last name and i think part of it is because i mean black people slavery did we really have last names and in her case she recalls being brought over from africa on ships so kate isn't even the name she was given at birth but she doesn't remember her name anyway she is actually on the other side of the conflict in that the crown the british crown the english um have offered slaves who side with them who especially slaves who belong to members of the rebel forces who side with them have promised them freedom for helping and freedom either in england or any of their other colonies um which i thought was really interesting because i was like well if those other colonies have slavery then does that mean what questions anyway so you've got two characters who are at a time in history where they are on opposite sides um and what is that how how do you how do you end up together when you are so far apart um because I understand both of their sort of viewpoints, right? Elijah's been told that if he makes it, his owner, who he knows well, is going to free him. So because he knows this man well and trusts him, I can see why he'd be like, well, why would I side with British forces when like they haven't promised? They're saying that they'll give me freedom, but I don't know them like that. So they could just say that. And then when all thing, everything's said and done... I ain't get shit anyway in kate's case of course she doesn't have an owner who's like girl if you work hard and do this and that i will give you freedom and so of course for her it's like well if the british are saying i will be free if i help them then let me help them kind of um and i say kind of because it's like at the same time it's like ugh, helping the people who enslaved you gross wow but what other choices would she really have had right and you might be like well she could have fought for freedom i mean true but i mean why should she believe especially when the colonies um or sorry the rebel colonialists or whatever aren't promising freedom to slaves they're just kind of like you should fight with us but like they're not being like and we'll free you. They're just kind of like, you know, we just don't want to pay taxes and all that jazz. So it was really interesting to read because on one hand, there was a moment where I was like, okay, and if they send you somewhere else, like, what would your life have been like? And then I think to myself, oh, so she could have made it to Canada. And I grew up in Canada. Um, I grew up in Toronto. And very often... Um, there is this idea that Toronto is this like 
magical utopian place where everyone's really nice and racism isn't really a thing and like okay maybe there's a little bit of racism but it's like really really minor and it isn't it isn't structural and systemic um in the way that it is in the united states and then i laugh uh you sometimes i cackle sometimes i you know just like kind of laugh uh usually i snort because uh uh if we are completely 100 percent honest with ourselves it was the same groups of people who founded both nations um a big 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 thing that sort of split them apart was one was like i don't have a problem paying taxes to the queen or king or whoever and the other group was like "Ooh, taxes well we don't have like real representation mm, nah. but it isn't like they were fundamentally opposed to like you know slavery and all that it was more like i want to pay taxes i don't want to pay taxes but the way in which society was and is structured is sometimes eerily the same some people will be like no esther canada we just don't shh, shh, shh. um no there, there there's there's straight up racism all up and down and um who's to say i mean we can look at history and look at how you know black loyalists retreated and probably come to the realization that like it wasn't necessarily uh any different from you know what happened in the u.s so this is still a romance guys right i'm it's not like i'm reading just like a still a romance so of course like elijah and kate fall in love um and so there is there are a few quotes that stood out to me um and so one of them that okay this one i want to sort of talk about because i was like oh um in one of the scenes elijah has this thought the woman he wanted was entrusting him with something more intimate than even her love her desire now you might hear that and be like more intimate what are you talking about like love is as intimate as it gets but immediately i thought to myself i was like wait no what this line means and it, it 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 is you know um then demonstrated through the scene is very often even in you know today 2020 where we are very vocal about our needs both emotional and physical uh and when i say physical i mean sexual there is a vulnerability about being honest about the things that you desire um, and how desire makes you feel or if desire has been sort of absent from previous relationships or has not been, you know, hasn't ever reached the level that it may be reaching with this person. Being honest about that, I feel like that we still don't necessarily have enough conversations about like how do you have conversations when you're in a new relationship with a new partner about the things that you want to try and the things you don't want to try and the things that you think you aren't capable of because 
it isn't just like you meet one person, you fall in love, and then you have like the most brilliant, wonderful, fantastic sex of your life, and everything is great, and they know how to get you off, and you know how to get them. Oh, skirt, skirt. No, that's. Uh, I wish we lived in that kind of a world, but we don't. There are many of us who have had multiple or anywhere from one to multiple relationships where the things that we have desired we have not felt safe enough to vocalize we have not believed that we could be that open right and it doesn't mean that you didn't love that person you 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 sure did you sure did you you sure loved them and hopefully uh you know they loved you what is my computer doing it was acting weird sorry guys but that safety um that knowing that you could tell this other person uh for example like maybe you've never had real you know orgasms during intercourse or during penetration or without certain things happening and very often in romance you know um it's like she got you know especially when it's male female romance it's like she was soaking wet and and i'm like okay but like and i have i do remember reading a romance jackie lao i'm blanking on the title but homegirl did not like like she always needed lube and i was like wow like why don't we see more of that in romance because not all you know similar to how we talk about how real life sex you know between real people weren't actors um on a porn set does you know is not what you see on a porn set then like why does romance also do that and yeah 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 i know it's an escape but like okay but like let you know we can still escape and have the sex be more than just the usual she was you know dripping like a goddamn faucet river sprinkler system whatever you want to call it and so that line uh and the fact that okay it's elijah re- like stating the line not that she's like oh my god i've shared something really 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 vulnerable and i hope he gets it but the fact that he understood exactly what was happening it's like this woman is entrusting me is feels safe enough with me to be honest about her desire in relation to like uh what we're about to do and i was just like and it's it's guys it's a historical romance novella it's not that long it's it's short and it's not like you know in a 20 a 20 it's 1776 1776 i was like 1770 you know what i mean 1776 so i was just like oh, i love that i thought that was really that addition to the page to me felt so i don't want to say perfect but it just was like whoa i am so glad that Alyssa Cole was like that's gonna be in there just so that you know 
that we know that this is what should be happening on the like I was just like thank you thank you because I think that we don't always get that we sometimes not sometimes I mean we get scenes where especially if the man is more experienced he is like aware that he can't just like shove it in and go to town and he has to like make the experience something wonderful for the woman but in the in the case of elijah and kate it isn't so much about like oh kate is an innocent like this is not the reality that they live in kate has gone through shit kate isn't you know a virgin this isn't the very first time um but this is the first time that she is safe enough or feels safe enough even though it is during a actual war um to be honest about her desire and what she wants and the man elijah is all on board it's not like he's all like i don't care about that i'm just here to get my nut and go he's just like Ooh, i'm being trusted with something mad mad important thank you let me make sure that i you know live up to that trust i was like my goodness my goodness um that sirens because (sighs) some something you know see they do this a lot in my neighborhood they make a lot of goddamn noise and then they pull up and i'm like so you were just you were just trying to get through a red light weren't you hmm anyway i have feelings oh no oh it's the fire department oh okay so that that might be a lot of noise so i'm going to pause here um to let them you know do their thing and then i'm gonna be back all right okay so the firefighter like i didn't hear a lot of trucks i think i heard like one or two so maybe hopefully it means everything is fine and it was like a false alarm like maybe you know some kid who was bored like no because if they pulled the pole station a bunch of them would have shown up so whatever it is maybe someone saw a cat up in a tree and called them and hopefully everyone is a-okay and nothing is wrong i think uh the my neighbors and by neighbors i mean like people a building or two over decided that because of the sirens they were gonna like you know turn the dial and the volume a bit up so the music is a little bit louder but that's okay guys that's okay we can we can have a party party on a monday party you know just be like ooh, ooh, yes yes uh-huh uh-huh anyway so as i was saying um in uh be not afraid right the elijah and kate it's like oh my god how do we make this work and then they end up obviously together because it's a romance and i'm not gonna go into details because y'all should read this and it's a novella so if you're like esther like i want to read but like what everything going on with the amount of mother fucking trauma stress fear what is the good goddamn i hear more sirens i thought we was done guys i thought we was i thought i swear okay i think 
I hope that that was sort of the end of the sirens thing. I was going to delete that part and completely re-record it, but I thought, you know, for bad, for what? We can all just, you know. Anyway, so as I was saying, I totally get that reading right now might be really hard because of everything that's going on, which is why novellas are so goddamn awesome because you get a fantastic story it's shorter obviously than a regular book and yes those are also fireworks because i don't know and this i think is like like be not afraid i think is a really great sort of novella for you to read which is why i'm not gonna like spoil it to hell in the back um but there was one other sort of quote from this one that i was like Uh, which I will read to you. One thing she hadn't realized when she'd stopped trying to evade the emotion was that love wasn't a static thing that you accepted and moved on from. It was wild, like the ocean, with dips and swells that would always surprise her. Okay, and you're probably like, Esther, why did you read this to us? I read this to you because I think that it's very easy or at least sometimes it is easy for me when i'm reading a romance novel to sort of think of the emotion of love as something that like is just you know static or that it's like oh they declared that they loved each other and then life then that's kind of it and that's not the reality right it there is so much more to the emotion and I was just like, yes, I love this. I love this so much. Because it also, I think, because this realization is coming from Kate, I think it's clear from very early on in the book that Elijah's the kind of man who has never stopped believing in the power of love, whereas Kate definitely has had good reason to be like, "Mm, love, I don't know her. Sorry, who? no don't gross and so for her to understand and to accept the reality of love and everything that entails um i was just like oh yes i like it very very much um and i really 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 appreciated it now the next novella that i read was that could be enough and if you're like that's how those four words sound kind of familiar why do those four words sound kind of familiar well there's a song in the hamilton musical called that would be enough and this uh novella which is set after the war and after alexander hamilton's death in direct is i believe the inspiration comes from the musical so our two main characters mercy alston is a maid slash assistant to eliza hamilton and mercy's job is to sort of transcribe the interviews that eliza's having with all these people who knew hamilton for his biography and dramatist i don't know if it's style or steel while i was reading i read it steel if you're like no esther s-t-i-e-l is style well guess what yes well, what i call it steel andromeda steel is a dressmaker 
and her grandfather fought alongside Hamilton. And her grandfather just happens to be Elijah Sutton from Be Not Afraid. That's right. That's right. This is his grandbaby's book. His grandbaby's book. And in case you're also like confused, Andromeda is a woman. Mercy is a woman. So this is a, a FF book. Uh, whereas Be Not Afraid was MF. Um, so one of the things that there's a lot i personally think there's a lot of very sort of beautiful sentences in this in this one i was kind of like oh ah it my goodness just like blown away um if you've ever read Alyssa cole you know that she's really good with words if you've never read Alyssa cole well guess what um you're in for some motherfucking treats uh that's what i gotta say you can start with these novellas you know there's the reluctant royals um the loyal league which is historical i have to get to i'm so sorry uh her sci-fi off the grid uh and she's also now writing a thriller i mean she ooh, and she had an audible original called the ai who loved me who was so 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 good and there will be a second book um in that anyway her, there were some sentences that I was like, what? So, um, the first one. Mercy didn't understand them. She'd smothered her own flames, drowned them in tears, and stirred the ashes until she was sure no embers remained. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. Mercy, why are you dousing your own flame like that? What happened? I do. And then uh, the next one was, Perhaps she was worried she'd simply disappear if she stopped putting pen to paper. This is not a long sentence. This is a very short sentence. I mean, okay, it's not short, short, right? Actually, the sentence that I highlighted after is even shorter. But there's something about the sentence. I think part of what stands out for me is um, this sentence is about mercy. Now, if you're also thinking about Hamilton the musical, then you also can sort of see how it would tie into Alexander Hamilton's character in the sense that he wrote so much. And was he also someone who believed that he'd disappear if he stopped putting pen to paper? But even outside of that, even if you don't think about Alexander Hamilton, Mercy Alston is a maid, is a woman, uh, you know, is a black woman writing the act of writing of putting pen to paper is not something that is considered something that women really do you know i mean there's a reason why so many authors had male sounding pen names um so that their works could be published so it's like she but writing is so important vital to her and even at her most sort of low where she's literally just sort of transcribing in her journal she writes about her day but it's like so so i don't want to say stark i guess dull and bland would be the right words it's very you know i you know woke up a breakfast kind of thing but even doing that because you could just you know not write it down like if you're literally just writing basic ass, you know, 
woke up, made my bed, put on clothes, did some work, I had some lunch, went back to sleep. The fact that you are still compelled to write that says so much about how important, how vital the act of writing is to you, the person, or to this character. And in in that line, we then understand how even when everything else has sort of been pushed away, even if Mercy's trying to avoid, you know, has drowned her own flame, right? She said she smothered her own flames, drowned them in tears. She, you know, is willing to live the dullest of life possible, putting words on paper is still absolutely vital to her. And I was like, oof, yes, thank you. Now, Mercy is an orphan. Both her parents died when she was young, um, I believe to yellow fever. And there's a line about her parents. I mean, there's a bit mentioned in them, but this I was like, hmm. She'd hated her parents for leaving her, but had also wanted what they'd shared so badly. She'd gone from girl to girl, always devastated when things inevitably fell apart. And um what this this made me think sort of of what it must do to children when parents who clearly are devoted to each other are so devoted to each other that they are unable to even survive for the sake of their children. Um and I feel like we see more of that, um, for example, when you have books with uh, people who are mated together. I mean, we've seen examples of that in the side changeling world that Nalini Singh writes, where when one mate dies, the other is usually not far behind. Sometimes the mate is able to hold on for a certain period of time. But generally speaking, it's like, oh, one half of this heart went and so did the other. We don't necessarily see that, or at least I don't see that often in outside of that sort of area of romance, right? Um, but obviously it happens because if not, we wouldn't, people wouldn't write about it. And I can... In my mind, I can see Mercy as being this young, as being this woman who, on one hand, is so angry to have been left alone, to have literally have been excluded from her parents' love. Uh, or maybe not excluded, maybe that's the wrong term. But this idea that, like, neither one of them managed to survive for you they went together but then also wanting that right wanting to love and be loved by someone so much that they would die with you right is you know like i mean i feel like we got songs books movies all about that so and then to you know go through life looking for that and constantly being disappointed by the women who are just not in that 
space. Maybe never will be. Maybe won't ever be with you and and what that must do to a person. So I just, I read that and I was like, oh my God. And then I, I think... I don't remember if this line comes before the other one or not, but this also I thought was like, oh, so I'm going to read it to you guys. Andromeda had known just the right place in the teeming heart of New York to bring mercy. No one had ever known before. No one had ever endeavored to know. It had always been mercy fumbling about trying to please others all for naught. And this line made me in some ways think of the line about, you know, being entrusted with her desire in the previous book. Now, Andromeda is the grandchild of Elijah Sutton, meaning that Andromeda has grown up with this idea that when you love your pe- what that for the people that you love you are a safe place for them and vice versa and i don't think obviously it's not said in work you know it's not like brit's reading between the lines i was like what is the phrase i'm looking for um but that is something that she has to i think have learned by seeing her parents relationship and her grandparents relationship and so for her to be able to understand what would appeal to mercy and not to just be like well because this all comes about because andromeda takes mercy to a pleasure theater garden and it is it's like when someone who deeply cares about you, um, who loves you, gets you a gift or an experience that is so quintessentially you that you are sort of like, whoa, this, they know me, right? They didn't just get a journal or what, you know, they didn't just get some cute like little gift card. Like they know me, the person um, sort of at the core they they aren't just like you know being nice or whatever and the fact that mercy had never had that before had never had another woman who took the time to know her or who bothered to listen or who bothered to pay attention to both what she said and didn't say and figure out what it is that mercy was really about um, I thought that that was so, I feel like sometimes we don't see those moments in romance novels. And I love those moments um, when the other, when one of the characters sees the other one so clearly, even if that other character hasn't been clear about their wants, their needs, their desires, but that person is so attuned to them and is is focused on them not focused on the idea of love or the idea of partnership or focused on the actual individual and understands this is something that would make them happy that would bring them joy that would bring a smile to their face those i i 
love that kind of stuff. And so that, I was just like, Andromeda, I, Andromeda, I'm so happy that you saw her. Because, especially for someone like Mercy, who's had no other woman see her and know her. Um, it was just like, oh, yes. And so, you're probably like, it's a historical and it's two women and they're black. Yes, because, you know, obviously there were, you know, there weren't laws that allowed for these things. But that doesn't mean that people didn't find communities that accepted them, didn't find places and spaces to be to be together and where they could be safe. I mean, on we're in 2020 and that hot fuck turd has you know once again made things that were legal not legal um because legality has nothing to do with morality and if you haven't you know caught on to that one yet i'm so sorry um but these two novellas i think i think a they're really well done right there is enough history that you understand the time and place you're in there is romance and it is well done and you understand the the characters and sort of how they get to where they get to um but it also at least for me being a black woman living in the united states having grown up in canada also being a child of immigrants um it is a reminder in some ways that like even within the upheaval and turmoil of what is history people meet and fall in love and have the space to be with each other to be safe with each other to be open and vulnerable with each other that even while everything is literally on fire um figuratively on fire uh that you can meet and fall in love and find your person um and that understanding that that love is not what was it she had such a good words that i'm like why would i use my own um but what uh what the quote from be not afraid that right that love isn't a static thing um that it is always surprising you and ever present and will exist, will flourish, will endure and survive and thrive even when everything else is going wrong. I think as we are in a time where everything is in flux, that is not to say that, you know, we're during a revolutionary war at least not yet. I should probably knock on wood in case shit decides to get wild. But even now, when we are sort of in 
a time of immense change at a, you know, local, national, international, global level, love and all that it entails is here and is and exists and is available to us all. And it's just, I think reading about that sort of history from a um the romance viewpoint for me at least it's just like I find that really really I don't want to say key no that's not that's not what I'm trying to say it's just nice to know I guess and it also I think allows me to look back at those moments in history and they become a little bit more more real in the sense that like it's not just sort of dry dates about this happened and then that happened and then there's by bringing in this these love stories you're bringing in the emotions and I really really enjoy that okay I'm going to pause here and then I will be right back because I I need some water (laughs) you should also go get water right if you haven't had any you should hydrate yourself because hydration is key friends is key all right so as we come to the ends of the episode because i'm tired and you know i'm tired (laughs) and i'm sure everyone else is tired too um one thing i wanted to say uh Tolly Hibbert's Take a Hint, Danny Brown is out June, I believe, 23rd. I wrote this down somewhere and then forgot. Pretty sure it's June 23rd, which is not this Tuesday that's coming, but the Tuesday after. I'm very excited for this. I just started reading um, an advanced reader copy of it and already am cackling, and I think I'm like three pages in. Um, and. I wanted to tell y'all that um, if you haven't read Alpha Knight yet, read it. Just read it. If you have read it and want to reread it or want to talk to someone about what you've read and questions and theories and thoughts, DMs are open on the Twitters and on the Instagrams. Twitter, it's at Molesi. Instagram, it's at SEMV. Um, also... Um, I absolutely love the cover for Archangel Sun, which comes out in November, which is from the Guild Hunter series. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to reread that series because <laughs> why not? Why? Why not? So yes, um, take a hint. Danny Brown is coming soon. Definitely. If you have not read either of these Alyssa Cold novellas, be not afraid. And that could be enough. Please, please read them. I mean, they are wonderful. So well written. The sentences in That Could Be Enough are so beautiful. And like Mercy and Andromeda and the two of them coming together. And I really, really, really like, I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. Like just so 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 good um so definitely read them if you haven't if you have read them read them again um and yeah guys i will 
be talking to y'all the next week. Um, don't know what I'll be sharing with y'all then. I mean, it's going to be about romance. It's probably going to be an author of color because that's what I do. That's what I enjoy. I might throw in some, some other, oh, uh, once one more thought, um, <laughs> you're like, girl, if you don't get your life together, um, so I also, di- I actually did finish reading A Rogue's Proposal by Stephanie Lawrence, which is one of the sinister novels, which is like Demon and Flick. Um, and he's the guy with the horses. And oh my God, Flick annoyed me. I think they were just, I do like heroines that are very like sure of what they want. But there were, there were things that Flick did that I was like, it feels like you're, the only reason this is happening is so that then there could be a moment between the two of them and like if she's as dumb i'm annoyed so as opposed to some of the other heroines in the series that i was like oh i like them i feel like i was like maybe it's also she was also mad young like she was 20 and i don't think any of the other heroines have been that young so maybe that's what it was but i was annoyed um and that was also historical um I haven't read any other contemporary. I don't believe so. Oh, also out soon, Hate Crush um, by Angelina and Lopez is out soon. I think it's also out the 23rd, if I'm correct. I think I, mm, I have to double check that. But um, that one, I was like, oh, sounds a bit interesting. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'll be back next week with obviously more romance and I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week that you do your best to live each day with a little bit of joy. I mean, not a lot because sometimes that's hard, but just a little bit, a little bit of joy. If in your neighborhood, they are also shooting off fireworks for no apparent reason. Guess what? seems to be a thing that the children have talked about doing because i know it's children i know it's children and it seems to be happening everywhere um i guess it's a, a summertime thing maybe they're like we've been cooped up for so long that now we must blow the fireworks and i don't know how they're getting them but they're getting them anyway take care be safe and stay hydrated so that our skin can look wonderful and plus it's like hot and gross out and you 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 need the water to you know be be your organs need the water so just just drink water okay